0: what we're experiencing and what, we're, what is happening in our country right now has created an atmosphere and a feeling and really has, has given license and liberty to a spirit of lawlessness which is the definition of the word iniquity. It is, and I've pointed this out to you before, but the word iniquity in the New Testament is uh, is a Greek word that literally means without law or against law. And um, don't, don't be confused about anything that's going on. Um, there is a spirit that's driving it. and I'm going to tell you the enemy knows how to take very real circumstances and play it for his advantage he really does and because of what's happening in the world I've said this before but because of what's happening and this is somewhat of a preamble this morning alright I'm not I'm not rambling I'm preambling Um, I've said it before but whatever spirit is affecting the world around us always has a goal for the golf the devil doesn't care about what's going on in the world that's not his focus His focus is what's going on in the church. And so he's going to stir up the world because he's got them where he wants them. But he uses them as a tool and a vessel and a vehicle to find a way into the church of the living God. It's the way it works. And and I've watched it. I've watched it. I've been around long enough. Six decades is a long time to live. And uh, I was talking to Bishop Howard yesterday, and he was telling me. Now he's he's got a decade on me, and uh, he's he's in his 70s now, and. Um, he said, this, what's happening around us is so reminiscent of the 1960s. And I remember a little bit about the 60s. I was born in 1960, but I, I was old enough in 64, 65 that I've got some memories of those years. And uh, I had told someone, not too long ago, they mentioned this. And I said, well, I, I'm going to tell you, I was alive then. I wasn't, you know, fully aware of everything going on in the world. But but my recollection of what happened even in the 60s was not nearly as severe and intense as what's going on now. And Bishop Howard made the comment to me yesterday He said, this is reminiscent of the 60s only. This is so much worse. It's so much worse. And um, it's far more widespread. And it's going to have an impact on us. And so I'm saying to you, church, I'm saying to you today that it's time for us to recognize that we are at war. We're at war. And and I'm not talking about in a civil sense, though that's somewhat true as well. But there's something driving the civil sense, and that's the spiritual sense. And we can, we can all have our Ideas and play armchair quarterback as to how to stop the civil disobedience and rioting and war that's going on. But stopping that is not really the answer. We've got to get to the root of it. And this is a spiritual thing. And we've got to fight it in a spiritual manner. We really do. Now I talked to the church a little bit about some of this on Thursday night. But I'm telling you, I just couldn't get away from it. I I have not been able to shake it in the last few days. And, And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I know it's Sunday morning and I know we've been doing a lot of evangelistic preaching on Sunday morning but I feel like being pastor today and and I feel like doing some teaching today that I believe is extremely crucial for us hallelujah and and I know I know I'm not even trying today I know I'm I'm already late in getting started I'm not trying to finish this lesson today I I am well aware that I'm not going to get it done today that much I know now next week next week we're very excited we're going to get to dedicate little baby Ollie and we're excited about that so we'll well we know we're going to take a break from this next week but Lord willing we'll come back and I'm going to pick up on it and I don't know how many services we will use and who knows I may I may feel led to pick up on it Tuesday night and just go again Tuesday night. I don't know, but we'll pray about that. But for now, I feel this so strong in my spirit. And uh, so I want you to turn with me again to the book of Psalms. Here we go to Psalms. And I I don't know, I don't know, Brother Golf. It just, for weeks, I, I can't, and I'm not even... Don't think that I'm. It's because I'm reading Psalms. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond Psalms at this point, uh, in my third journey through the Scriptures this year. Um. Uh, but I just keep getting drawn back to it, and um, maybe I could say it this way. You know, I, I've told you the Book of Psalms is the Song Book of Israel, and I'm just going to tell you that in the midst of this battle, we don't need to lose our song. We don't need to lose our song. In fact, one of the greatest victories Israel ever had is when Jehoshaphat sought the Lord and the Lord said, you're really not even gonna have to fight in this battle. You just get the singers and the worshipers out front and let them lead the way and I'm gonna take care of the rest. Oh, hallelujah. So maybe, maybe the Lord's taken us back to the songs of the scripture to let us know that's what's going to lead us through this warfare. So I want you to turn to Psalm 18 and then we're going to go to Psalm 144. I am, I am reading only three verses of scripture this morning as my text, one verse from psalm 18 two verses from psalm 144 and again i don't know how far we'll make it in all this i've got a goal i'm beginning to doubt at this point i'm even going to make it to that goal but we'll go as far as time and the lord will allow and i think all of you know that at any point that the holy ghost wants to step in i'm done my notes are not nearly as important As the moving of his spirit. And um, so we're going to just try to follow the Holy Ghost. Psalm 18 verse 34 says, He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Well, I mean, he's been working out. <laughs> you, you talk about being taught to fight. He's been taught to fight. He teacheth my hands to war. And then Psalm 144 and verse 1. Blessed be the Lord my strength which teacheth my hands to war, and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. So again in verse 1, he says of the Lord that, The Lord teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. I I want to begin today, as I said what I know is going to take me more than one lesson to cover. I'm going to be teaching, preaching on this subject, learning to make war. Learning to make war war hallelujah 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 i want us to put our bibles down lift our hands lift our voices let's ask god to speak to us in fact let's ask god to teach us to make war let's ask god come on saints let's ask god teach us to make war Oh God, in your name we pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Come on, let's love him right now. Let's love him right now. Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. A little over three years ago, I taught this church. Um using this same title and using these same verses. I did it after prayer meeting. And at that time we were still having Tuesday night prayer. And after our Tuesday night prayer meeting was over, we had taken prayer requests and we were ready to con- to uh to finish that part of it then. I would spend some time teaching because at that moment, our church was in a deep, deep spiritual battle. As I said a few moments ago, this past Thursday night, I spoke to the church about some things that I felt like the Lord had shown me concerning our current status and where we are at this moment not going to take the time to go through those things here and now for one thing i believe there are some things that uh, the lord wants me to say just to our assembly that doesn't need to be broadcast to the whole world and and uh, we just as a church family need to talk about and understand and 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 part of the reason for that is because the carnal mind cannot understand the things of god I was talking to a preacher even late last night, and he started telling me things, and I could tell uh, for a moment he was a little bit hesitant, Brother Goff, and, and he's, a, he's a, a younger preacher. Uh, he was actually raised in my home church, but uh, when I was there, he was just a small boy, and so I never really grew close to him, didn't know him that well, but we're, we're kind of reconnecting now and, and getting to know one another, and... He started talking to me and and uh, he, he, he started to tell me something and there was a little bit of hesitation. And then he said, you know, I wouldn't say this to just anybody, but I know that you understand what I'm about to tell you. And he began to talk about some spiritual things, some battles that he's been through, some things that he's seen Things that God has done and even that the enemy has done. And and I know exactly what he means. That there's a lot of folks that just write all of that off and say it's nonsense and it doesn't happen. But I've seen too much of it. I've been there. I've experienced it. In fact, I was amazed at some of the things that he told me. Uh, that I've, I've, I've experienced the exact same thing uh in a little different fashion but but uh, anyhow i, I don't want to get into all that um I, I i'm just saying that there are some things that in a public meeting that cannot really be addressed so i'm going to leave all of that for right now i'm not going to try to deal with all of that just suffice it to say this morning that i am convinced that right now at this moment we are in a spiritual battle amen i will tell you and i i did share this on Thursday night that, that this past Monday I was speaking to a preacher. And he began to tell me what his church has been going through. And what his church has been experiencing over the last few weeks. And it was so similar to what we've been going through. As I mentioned just yesterday I was on the phone with my pastor. Bishop Howard. A great, great man of God. And he began to ask me... How are things going? And, and uh, uh, I, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, open, honest, transparent with my pastor. And and uh, I just talked to him a little bit about some things that, that I'm feeling and that I believe this church is experiencing. And he said to me, he said, Brother Riggin, our church is experiencing the exact same thing right now. And we're having to deal with a spirit that has risen up against us over the last few weeks weeks and we're having to try to bring it down. I'm just telling you church we are in a war right now. Amen. We are in a battle and I'm going to tell you we're not going to win the war if we don't know how to fight it. We're not going to win this battle if we are not prepared as soldiers. Hallelujah. We've got to know exactly what God wants us to know at this moment and at this time well hallelujah praise God and so and so I I I just I was already feeling it when I got up yesterday morning I was I was feeling that this was the direction I'd be going. And then the conversation with Bishop Howard just confirmed it in my mind that this was right. And and, uh, so I went back and looked at the notes that I taught some three years ago. I've, I've... Hold a lot of things from those notes, but let me just say to you that that uh, there's there's a lot of differences as well and and uh, of course there 's a lot of you that are here now that were not here for those sessions and and so you didn 't even get to hear what things I shared with the church then, and even some that are here that were here then work schedules and different things kept them from being at those tuesday night sessions and they didn't get to hear what was taught and uh and and then as i said those of you who did it's not exactly the same thing but even if it was i'm just telling you i feel an assurance in the holy ghost that this is what we need at this moment at this hour at this time hallelujah praise god amen amen now as i began to study as i began to look into this I, I i thought about a book that i've heard of uh it's it's a well-known book to many uh in in fact it's it's become uh uh, a book of great reference uh, uh, that's used in a lot of different settings. I must confess to you, I've never read the book in its entirety. I uh, don't know that I want to for some reasons that I may go into in just a moment. But but uh, the book is entitled The Art of of war. It is an ancient Chinese military treatise that dates from roughly 500 years before Christ. Uh, This work uh, is, uh, is composed of some 13 chapters and each chapter is devoted to an aspect of warfare and how it applies to military strategy and tactics. The art of war remains the most influential strategy text in East Asian warfare and it has influenced both Eastern and Western military thinking. It's used in business tactics. It's used in legal strategy. It's used in coaching lifestyles and in many other arenas. As I said, I've never read it in its entirety. There are some things that I have read from it that I agree with and will pull from that. There are also many things that I don't agree that the church ought to be using or that is even applicable to us as a church and yet I will tell you this, the amazing thing about it brother Chad is that as I read those things that I don't think we need to employ are very very uh, clearly employed by the devil himself in fact the more I read brother Goff the more I wondered if the author had not been demonically motivated when he put the pen to paper because I see so much of the devil's tactics in what is being said in this book but I'll tell you this if we want to win a warfare one of the things we got to know we got to know our enemy we've got to understand we cannot be ignorant of the devil's Devices. Uh, We got to know this is how he fights uh, so that we can prepare ourselves with a counter effort. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. I feel like preaching this morning. Amen. Amen. Let me just read to you a few things that are stated in this book that are very clearly methods the enemy of our soul uses. First of all, first, and listen, I've seen this through the years. I've fought enough spiritual battles to know, even if you don't really understand what's being said, just take my word for it. I've been there, done that. I've seen it. I know it's true of the devil. One of the things the writer said was, if your enemy is superior in strength, evade him. When you know he's strong, stay out of his way. I've watched the devil do that. I've watched the church grow strong in prayer and the devil just kind of lay low. Doesn't mean he's gone. Doesn't mean he's abandoned the war. Doesn't mean he's given up. Doesn't mean he's departed the premises. Just means he knows we're strong right now and he doesn't want that kind of fight. Another thing that is said is if your opponent is temperamental, seek to irritate him. You know, kind of another reason why we need, we need some self-control. Because the devil wants to get us irritated. Because when you're irritated, you lash out. You don't think about what you're doing. You don't calculate your response. And I'm going to tell you, anybody that's ever been in a fist fight knows, if you're not watching your enemy at all times, you might, be expecting, you might be expecting a jab from the right and he might have a really strong left hook. Well, you're getting irritated, you start losing your concentration. And you're not really in it for the fight. In fact, that's, that's a tactic a lot of folks use. They get in a fight, they, they, they don't try to really fight you, they just want to irritate you. They want to make you mad enough to make a mistake where you become vulnerable. Oh, there's so much I could preach on here, but here's another one. Pretend to be weak that he may grow arrogant. It's so what I said a while ago. Sometimes I've seen spirits lay low. I've, I've literally seen people that, that I knew were devil-possessed, and I start praying for them, and they'll make some big sign and suddenly just kind of go limp and fall out and, and lay there. I've had to try to teach the men of Africa this. They they, they think they can just say, Be gone in Jesus' name, and it's gone because somebody falls out. And I've said, Guys, that doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of times the devil just plays dead. So you'll leave him alone. That's why you need the discerning of spirits. I got I got too much too much to go here. Uh, listen to this one: if he's if if your enemy's taking his ease, give him no rest. Don't let him get rest. Hallelujah. Wear him down. Make him physically vulnerable. How about this one? If his enemies are united, separate them. Does that sound like the devil or what? Here's another one. If sovereign and subject are in accord, put division between them. Now, some of you don't understand what that means, but the term sovereign means whoever's at the head of the government. And, and when we're talking spiritual warfare, our sovereign is God. So here's what the enemy does. He sees if you've got a good connection with God, he's going to do whatever he's got to do to separate you from the spirit. He's going to disconnect you from your sovereign. He's going to disconnect you from the church, from the church people, from the spirit, from prayer, from Bible reading, whatever he's got to do. He wants to break the connection between you and your sovereign. Because then you're acting on your own. And let me tell you, as long as you're acting on your own, you are no match for the devil. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. But if he that's in us is separated from us, we're in trouble. Well, praise God. Stay with me here. Amen. I. Th- there are many more. I and and you'll hear me refer to this as we go through this lesson however much uh, time I've got today I don't know uh, how many of uh, how many things I'll pull into today's lesson but throughout the course of this I'll be referring back to this I'm telling you that uh, again I'll I'll make reference to this book The Art of War but I do want everybody and I think all of you know that when it comes to spiritual warfare there's only one book that really tells us how to get it done properly. And that's the word of God. I'm telling you, Jesus used the scripture as a defense against the devil. And Paul said it's the sword of the spirit. Something that can be used both for defense and for offense. Uh, We've got one thing right here that's going to teach us uh, how to war. It's going to teach us uh, how to fight the devil. It's going to teach us uh, how to be victorious uh, in this battle. Now, let's go back and look at my text today, Psalm 18, verse 34. Brother Goff, read.
1: He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms.
0: He teaches my hands to war. Psalm 144,
1: verse 1. Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My hands
0: to war and my fingers to fight. I think all of us today understand that it's possible to make war without being taught. But I think we also understand that without some teaching on how to wage war, we're not guaranteed a victory. Especially if our enemy is trained in the art of war. Well, hallelujah. In fact, we're almost guaranteeing our loss if he's trained and we're not. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the implication of the psalmist is that it was God who taught him how to fight properly so that he could win. I'm telling you that I don't want to just learn how to make war. I want to learn how to make war and win oh hallelujah praise God read for me 1st Corinthians 9 verse 26 here's what Paul said I therefore, I therefore so, run, so run not as uncertainly not as uncertainly so, fight, so I, fight I not as, not one, as one that beat at the air Paul said I'm not out here shadow boxing this is a real fight I'm landing some blows and the enemy's landing some blows I'm in this thing amen not just to, to get a crowd excited but in this thing to bring the enemy down and to win this battle once and for all. I'm fighting with a purpose. I'm fighting amen to win. Hallelujah. 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 Now in this book, The Art of War, the author lists what he calls five essentials for victory. Five essentials for victory. And uh, we won't go through them all today. We may hit a few more, but the very first on the list is this: He will win, who knows when to fight and when not to fight? Well, he will win. who knows when to fight and when not to fight. As your pastor, I'm saying to the truth church, now is the time to fight now is the time to fight if the enemy's fighting and we're not we're gonna lose if we're just out here fighting and he's not then we are just beating the air but i'm telling you right now there's a genuine battle that's going on in the spirit realm and saints of god now is the time for us to rally the troops now is the time for us to put on our armor now is the time For us to pick up our sword, square our shoulders back, march on the battlefield, and say, All right, devil, you asked for it. We're coming to take you down. It's time for the church to fight. I'm telling you, I don't believe there has been a time since I've been your pastor when this has been more true than right now because i don't believe we have ever fought a battle where it was more necessary to win than right now well hallelujah I I said I'm not going to go through everything that I went through Thursday night and I'm not but I feel impressed to say this right now I think anybody that'll be honest we know what happened when we came through the first COVID shutdown we came back to church with a spring in our step and victory in our hearts and we had church I'm telling you we had revival we were praying people through every week we were seeing the glory of God but after this last shutdown We haven't had church like what we were having. I'm going to tell you, saints of God, if we don't win this battle, we're going back to square one. But here's a pastor that's got his mind made up. We're not going back to square one. We're going to fight and we're going to win. It's time. It's time for us to recognize where we are and what's going on in the church of the living God oh hallelujah listen to me I told you there's a lot a lot in that book I don't agree with but there's a lot I do agree with one of the things one of the things that the author wrote and his name his name in Chinese means master son like an angel of light to me. That's, that's what the, the Bible says. The ministers of Satan transform themselves into angels of light, ministers of light. Amen. Sun Tzu. Uh, or some say Sun Z, whatever. But, but whatever it is, uh, one of the things that he said with which I do agree, he said there is no instance of a nation benefiting from prolonged warfare. There is no instance of a nation benefiting from prolonged warfare. Listen to me, listen to me. I, I don't want to get political, but I'm going to tell you this has been the problem with the United States of America for many, many years now. We go, we've gone into places like Korea without a real determination that we're going to win that war. We just go in there and mess a few things up, plant some troops over there and leave them no real intention to win when we went into iraq we should have gone in there well i gotta be careful But there was no intention on winning that war. We're too worried about collateral damage, and we're too worried that we might hurt somebody's feelings or we might upset some religious group by what we're doing. I'm gonna tell you, you can't worry about those things uh, during warfare. You gotta go in with one thing in your mind: we gotta win this war, and we gotta win it as fast as we possibly can. If people get hurt, I'm sorry, but we gotta win this war. So, the United States really has given up on the idea or had on winning wars. They really, they're not interested in winning wars. They just want to kind of beat the enemy back a little bit, come home and proclaim victory, and that's it. I'm going to tell you, Harry Truman didn't have that idea. You know, I mean, he took over for FDR. And FDR did have this whole mindset. We're just going to keep playing this game, keep playing this game, keep playing this game. When FDR died and Harry Truman became president, he said, I'm through with this game. We're going to go drop a few bombs. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And I'm going to tell you, after those two bombs, Japan said, we're done. It's over. That was the end. But you see, the thing about President Truman, he had a mindset, we're going to win this. We're not going to benefit by just keeping this battle going. And church, this is the mindset we've got to get. We're not just in this so we can fight again next month, fight again next month, fight again next month. I'm telling you, we've reached a point where we've got to make up our minds. This is it. This is the last stand. We're not backing up anymore. We're not going to hide in a corner. We're not going to roll over. We're not going to surrender. This is it, devil. You put us in a place where we are ready to win. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Well, you can't drink out of it with the lid still on it, can you? Hallelujah. All right. I got a one-track mind. Sometimes the train jumps that track. I'm telling you, and I mean this when I say it, that I believe the truth church of Olathe is on the cusp of the greatest revival we have ever known. And I believe the devil knows that. And I believe he is angrier than he has ever been. And I believe that because of that anger, he is fighting harder than he's ever fought. But I'm going to tell you, this is what's got to happen. We've got to decide. We're going to fight fire with fire. We're not coming to a gunfight with a knife. Devil, if you're going to get angry, we're going to get angry. If you're determined to win, we're determined to win. We're not going to let you decide what's going to happen to the future of this assembly. We are going to rise up and we're going to go to war like we never have before. We're going to win this battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And because of this, because of this, we as a church must learn how to fight in such a way that we not only can win, we will win. Hallelujah. It is in that list of essentials. That he who wins must be prepared himself. We gotta be prepared. We've got to be ready. We're not gonna just defeat the devil just because we sing in the name of Jesus. And I'm not against singing a great song, but I'm saying that song is not gonna help us win this war. It might give us some encouragement. It might inspire the troops. And we need some inspiration from time to time. But it's not going to win the war. What I'm telling you is we got to be prepared for war. we got to be prepared for war. Hallelujah. We've got to learn. We've got to learn what the devil is doing and how we can counter The things that he is bringing against us. We have an obligation as the people of God to learn how to make war. Now, Tuesday night, Tuesday night, I preached to you about think on these things. And among the passages that I brought to your attention, I, I mentioned 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. And uh, I don't think we'll get to that today, but we are going there eventually in this lesson. We might, but it's already just about time for us to, I, I want us to have some time to pray. I want us to have some time to pray this lesson into our hearts. I want it to be more than just something that we've shouted amen to. I want us to. I want us to really get it in our spirits and in our hearts. I want us to walk out of here feeling like warriors. We're on the battlefield. Hallelujah. We're not on the playground. We're on the battlefield. Well, I'm going to tell you, I I do believe as I have prayed and studied and pondered I believe that 2 Corinthians 10 gives us some very important insight when it comes to spiritual warfare. And so we're going to look at some of these verses, not just verse 5 that I mentioned Tuesday night, but we're going to read a few verses leading up to it and verse 5 itself and then even verse 6 before we're done uh, with this series, not today I'm sure, but But we're going to look at some of these things. And uh, I'm going to take just a few more minutes and then we're going to to find a place to pray here today. Amen. I want us to turn our attention to 2 Corinthians. I told you I was going to teach and I've done more preaching today than I have teaching. But but anyhow, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 3. We're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about God teaching our hands to war and our fingers to fight. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse three says this For though we walk in the flesh,
1: we do not war after the flesh.
0: Now here's the first thing that we need to understand. We are not warring after the flesh. This is not a carnal battle. This is not a fleshly fight. We're not going to be able to reason our way through this. Hear me, saints of God, there are some things, while I don't mind taking whatever time I need to take to try to counsel when you've got a situation that needs counsel, but I just want you to hear, I don't want you to misunderstand me, I just want you to hear what I'm telling you. This is a battle we're in that I can't counsel you out of. This is a battle where you just need to learn how to fight. You need to understand, amen, that we are not fighting a a carnal battle. We are not fighting a fleshly war. We can't reason our way through it. We can't counsel our way out of it. Our flesh cannot win this war. It's a spiritual battle. And spiritual battles have to be won by spiritual methods. Listen to me, saints, and again, please don't misunderstand what your pastor's saying. I love you. I care about you. I want to help you any way I can. But I want you to know one of the biggest problems people have got to, is they don't want to take the time to pray about what they're facing. They don't want to take the time to go on an extended fast to ask God to come through and solve the problem. They'd rather make a 15 minute phone call and hope. I can give them a few words of direction that's going to take them, amen, through their battle and give them victory. Listen to me. I'll help you any way I can. I'll counsel you when it needs to be done. But there are some things you're going to have to learn how to get on your knees and seek God for strength and grace. Amen. You're going to have to ask God to fight through you until we find the victory that we Need. Oh, I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. So let's let's move on, verse four.
1: Verse four says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal.
0: Yeah, now, now look. We've already established the fact that this is not a fleshly war. And because it's not a fleshly war the weapons that we're going to use are not going to be weapons of the flesh. I just talked about our need to learn how to seek God through our problems. I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I, in, I've, gotten, I've gotten a little soft in my old age. I, I've got folks I pastored 30 years ago That I can tell you right now, right now, if I were to see them and they were to, I I would, I would, if I were to ask them, what did I say to you every time you called me about a problem you were facing? I can tell you the first, they'll tell you the first words out of my mouth were always, have you prayed about it? Don't call me. If you hadn't prayed about it, show me that you care enough. Well, hallelujah. I mean, really, it got to the point, brother self, where they would call me and they'd say, pastor, I need to talk to you about something. And yes, I have prayed about it. They didn't give me time to ask. They, they, they wanted to make that clear yes I prayed about it for whatever reason I can't seem to get an answer can't get direction that's fine sometimes God wants you to look to your man of God there are times God wants you to have that accountability in your life uh, to just admit I'm struggling here I'm fighting here and I need some help in this uh, that's all right but I'm going to tell you it shouldn't start uh, with counsel uh, it shouldn't start uh, with asking man for help uh, it ought to start with you on your knees uh, talking to God uh, you may have to spend the night in prayer I've done it many times uh, you may have to wrestle uh, amen until the break of day uh, but you gotta get it in your heart that I've gotta win this battle uh, I gotta fight this battle uh, can't nobody do it for me I know that's not good English uh, but it's what I'm feeling right now can't nobody do it for me uh, I'm gonna have to fight this one uh, Jerome I gotta fight this one on my own i gotta learn to have victory over this i don't need somebody coming along slapping my hand every time i yield to temptation i gotta learn how to get a hold of god and ask god to give me the victory over this situation once and for all and if i don't get it today i'm coming back tomorrow god and if i don't get it tomorrow i'm coming back the next day but i will not let you go until you bless me We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about before this series is over what our weapons are. But know this, they're not carnal. They're not carnal. But the verse is not over. Thank God. They may not be carnal, but know this, they are mighty. They are mighty. The weapons God has given us are not weapons we're familiar with. They're not weapons we're born knowing how to use. But I will tell you, if you'll learn how to use them, they're powerful. They're powerful. There is nothing that the enemy can do that can stand against the weapons God has given to his people. But understand this, they're only mighty through God They're only mighty Through God Oh hallelujah I, I, I see where I'm about to go And I'm not uh, if, if, I get, if I get into that We'll be here forever So I'm not going to try to So musicians start trying to figure out What in the world You're going to play for, for our altar call Here this morning Because I'm going to quit here In just a few moments but let me tell you something, saints of God. Here's what we need to understand. God has given the church everything we need to be victorious in this battle. We are not without the tools, amen, that will equip us to win the war. God's given them to us but they're only going to be mighty through his help. They're only going to be mighty when we invoke his name. They're only going to be mighty when they are empowered by his spirit. We're going to have to pray. We're going to have to fast. We're going to have to be in church. We're going to have to be reading our Bibles. We're going to have to get spiritually minded because God is the only one that can really help us uh, to use the tools he's given us Uh, they are spiritual tools uh, and the carnal hands uh, cannot pull the trigger let's stand let's stand these weapons they're mighty weapons but they're only mighty through God but I'm going to tell you what they'll do if we'll let God Empower, embolden, and anoint us to use the weapons he's given us. They will pull down the strongholds. Another thing I said to the church Thursday night is that I believe part of the reason... We're not seeing what we were seeing just a few weeks ago. It's because somehow during this time that we were down, amen, that we were shut down, there was a stronghold that was set up in the Spirit. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not afraid of that stronghold. I'm not worried about that stronghold. I'm determined. God's given us the weapons we need. I've got my mind made up. I'm calling, amen, upon the people of God. I'm going to do my best to teach you amen as god teaches me how to make war and when we get equipped and when we've got the knowledge and when we've got the anointing look out devil there's not a stronghold that you can set up that the weapons of our warfare cannot pull down there are not enough devils in hell to stop the church of the living god if we'll fight The way God wants us to fight. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm talking to every one of us today. I'm trying to share with you. The burden of my heart it has eaten at me I was up till about one this morning amen trying to to go through some of this and, and digest it and let God burn it into my spirit and into my heart before I present it to you I'm telling you it's time church that we learn how to make war and I'm telling you even as we come back tonight we may not have yet learned all the tools but there's one thing we do know our worship is the way a battle's gonna be won We don't want to come in tonight, amen, and let that spirit get us down and let that spirit get us discouraged. We're going to come in and worship with everything we've got. That much we know works. Oh, hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. I I said I wasn't gonna go any farther. Give me, I know you're standing. Give me just give me just a few moments. Let me go one verse more. And we're gonna come back and talk about this verse again. I'm not gonna be done with this verse. Uh, but there's there's just one thing I want to point out to you. This is this is the verse we talked about on Tuesday night, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Read it for me, Brother Goff.
1: Casting, down, Casting imaginations,
0: down imaginations. And
1: every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ.
0: I'm going to tell you the principal way that the spirit we're fighting, and really most other spirits as well, the principal way the enemy works is through our thoughts. He puts things in our minds that are contrary to the knowledge God has already given us. We're going to talk more about that. But I just want to tell you, we got to, I said it Tuesday night, we got to cast down the thoughts of defeat. I felt this yesterday. That there are folks sitting on the pew, maybe listening online, that have bought into the lies of the devil about us being defeated and we're not going to see victory I'm going to tell you you need to cast that thought down that's not a thought that God has given you defeat is not in God's agenda do you hear me? defeat is not a part of God's agenda for this church we got to cast down the devil's thoughts of defeat and bring them into obedience Do you know what God's thoughts are? Let me read it to you. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Listen. These are the thoughts of God. Listen. For I know, the thoughts I know the thoughts that I think, that I toward, think you. toward you, says the saith the Lord. Lord. Thoughts of thoughts peace and, not of, and not of evil to give to you give an you expected, expected end. end. Another translation says, for I know the purposes which I am planning for you, says Jehovah. Purposes of peace and not for evil to give you prosperity and a hope. Another translation says, I know the plans that I have for you, declare. The Lord, they are plans for peace and not disaster. Now, listen to this plans to give you a future filled with hope. I'm telling you, his thoughts are thoughts of victory, his thoughts are thoughts of peace, his thoughts are thoughts of prosperity. Those are the thoughts we got to bring our thoughts into captivity and subject them to. one more statement from the book the art of war I want you to hear this it says victorious warriors win first and then go to war while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win did you get that victorious warriors win first and then go to war while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win what's got to happen brother Nelson is we got to determine right here God's already said his thoughts are thoughts of prosperity and peace and hope God's thoughts are we're going to win those are God's thoughts we're going to win Those are God's thoughts. We're going to win. And before we ever start this fight, we got to win it now. And then we start fighting. And all we're doing when we're fighting is we're trying to catch up to what we already believe in our hearts and minds. We knew we were going to win before we ever started. We knew we were going to win before we ever picked up our sword. It was already settled. It was already determined. We're going to win. so it was in Nehemiah 4, 6, and I am closing with this. Nehemiah 4, 6. So build we the wall. So
1: built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. Uh-huh. For Why?
0: For what? The- now listen, wait, 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 listen, listen. You know all the things they had to go against you know all the people running them down you know all the people making fun of them you know all the people are saying you're going to lose you can't do this you're not strong enough you're not smart enough it's impossible for you feeble jews to build a wall that that uh, would withstand even a fox they listened. they listen they listen but yet they built the wall so built we the wall and all the wall was joined together into the half thereof why for the people because the people a to had work. a mind to work I'm telling you while they're building that wall all they're doing is letting their hands catch up to what their minds already decided they're just letting their efforts catch up to what's already settled in their heart we're going to get this wall built one way or the other it's coming up one way or the other we're going to defeat the enemy one way or the other we're not going concede we are not going to surrender our minds are made up our hearts are settled it's already determined we've already won before we even get started now we just got to let our actions catch up to what our thoughts are already telling us saints of God let's win the war now let's win it today let's win it this morning you hear me come on quit listening to the devil say i've tried before i tried stop all that nonsense and make up your mind it's a new day it's a brand new beginning today 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 we're gonna win we're gonna win we're gonna win today as of today it's won. it's settled it's over as of today it's behind us oh we gotta go and prove it now Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm trying. I'm trying to quit. I heard a story many years ago about a woman that had a huge goiter hanging under her chin, big massive thing. And uh, she went to a camp meeting. I think it was. And she went there believing that God was going to heal it. The first night she went down for prayer. And she walked away, and you could still see it hanging there. Second night of the camp meeting, they had a testimony service. And she stood up, and she said, I want to thank God, because he healed my goiter." And they looked at her. And they thought, is this woman crazy? Does she not have a mirror? Everybody could see it was still done. It's still there. The third night, she stood up to testify. She said, I want to thank God. Because he healed my goiter. And I'll tell you, after about four nights of that, they're mad. And they're, go- they're coming to her. In fact, I don't think they waited that long. Some of them started out the first night going to her and telling her. I was told this was a true story. It really happened. They're going to her and they're trying to convince her. "Ma'am, just look in, look in the mirror. It's still there. I mean, you know, if you want to testify, just say, I thank God that he's going to. But, but you're making a fool out of yourself. To get up and say it's done when we can all see it's not. And the night before their final service, she knelt by her bed and started praying. And this was her prayer. She said, God, I know you healed me that first night. I settled it in my mind, and my heart. I know you did. And you know you did. And if I go on looking like this the rest of my life, it doesn't change what I know happened. But God and nobody else will believe it. So I'm asking you, not for my sake, but would you prove to them what you did on Monday night? And so that last night, testimony service She jumped up and said, I thank God for healing my goiter. And as she moved her head around, there was nothing there. It was completely gone. I'm going to tell you, God didn't heal her that night. Uh, God had already healed her. The battle was already won. Amen. This warrior had already won the fight before the struggle started. Hallelujah. She didn't have to try to get encouragement. She knew it was settled. That's what I want in the truth church today. I want us to make up our mind. We can look around. Yeah, there's still some spaces that could be filled. But I'm going to tell you, we ought to walk away from here today saying, Thank you, God, you filled our church. Thank you, God, for the people that received the Holy Ghost. Thank you, God, for everybody that got baptized in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for every demon you've driven away from here. Thank you for the liberty and the victory that you've given us on somebody has anybody got it made up in your mind we've already won we've already won we've already won these altars are open if you want to come amen as they play something